ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my goddess. So I don't know about you, but when I was a little girl, I was not taught anything about my period, not really anything about my breasts, about sex. I mean, I picked things up from my older sister and I saw there were pads around the house and I've shared on the podcast before. I was that person. I couldn't wait until like fifth grade and then seventh grade health class when they would like tell us more. And at fifth grade health class, they sent us home with like a box of pads. And I was like so excited. But I would have loved for there to be someone who actually talked to me about what was going to happen with my body and about how to deal with it and how to work with it and actually how to love her. Because otherwise, all I knew was my very first friend, Robin, I won't share any last names, who got her period really early when she was wearing white pants, of course. And then I knew, oh, this one doesn't want to go into the swimming pool because they have their period. It's like all these things around puberty and nobody was telling us. And where were we getting our information? And we've needed someone like my guest today who it's her mission to teach girls, adolescents, about how to become a teen, about what's going to happen to your body, about how to navigate all of the social pressures and everything else that goes along with it. And I'm beyond like excited is not even the word. I'm like elated to tell you that the person who is my guest expert today is a dear friend of mine from when I was a kid. I knew she was a doctor, but I didn't know she wrote a book until a few weeks ago when I saw her Facebook post that the book she had written about puberty for preteen and teen girls had been banned in Florida schools. And maybe you've heard about books being banned in Florida schools here in the United States. Maybe you haven't. But as a Jewish woman, it's pretty scary to see that we're back to banning books and especially a book that is a body positive guide, literally that's the subtitle, a body positive guide for girls who are 10 plus years of age. And so today's conversation is going to be about teenage girls and even women and all the things that we don't know about our bodies and how we teach it. And we're going to talk about her book. If you have a niece, you have a daughter, a granddaughter, a grandson. I mean, we need boys and men to learn about women's bodies too. And we're going to dive into what my friend Lisa did when her book was banned because what she did was write an op-ed for one of the biggest media outlets in the world and it was published. And this is how we live on purpose. So let me introduce you to Dr. Lisa Klein. She is a board certified pediatrician and practices outpatient pediatrics at Child Health Associates PC in Michigan. She is passionate about all aspects of children's health 
but she has a special interest in adolescent medicine. Dr. Klein received her undergraduate degree at Emory University in Atlanta and completed her medical degree at Wayne State University in Detroit. In 2015, she co-founded Turning Teen, a platform to educate parents and children about puberty and adolescence. The goal of Turning Teen is to help transition adolescents through puberty without shame or embarrassment. She believes in empowering parents with tips and tools to successfully tackle difficult conversations with their children. She's the author of the book, Celebrate Your Body 2, the ultimate puberty book for preteen and teen girls, which is a body positive guide to puberty for girls ages 10 and older. And she is just the heart of the heart of the heart, the like essence of beauty and soul. And I'm so happy to have you here, Lisa. Welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to reconnect with you personally and, of course, professionally and spread my message that I know you believe in far and wide to help other women and families and parents be uh, awesome parents to help uh, their kids. Yeah, this is something I don't know about you, Lisa. And I know. So the backstory is Lisa and I went to summer camp together and um, then we were in youth group together. And so that's where we like, cause you were younger than me. So we got closer in, in youth group and like total, total love affair here. And I don't know about your parents, but mine didn't talk to me about puberty. I mean, maybe my mom did a little bit, but not where I really felt like I was getting my information. Did you grow up with getting a lot of info? So I'm lucky, and you know my mom I do. because you know her from growing up at camp. Right. And my mom was one of those moms that definitely could relate to teens. Mm. So I got a talk. I definitely got a book. I remember it. It was blue. I remember the cupboard it was kept in next to my bed, hidden from everybody. Yes. It was called Period. And That's a good name of so a book. So I definitely, yeah. So I definitely learned. Um, in a very different way, however, than I enjoy teaching uh, other kids now and how I want them to learn and how these conversations don't need to be hidden mm. in cupboards in our room and conversations that don't have to happen quietly behind a closed door because there's no shame. We are talking about bodies. We're talking about scientific processes and we are talking about something that what I when I tell the kids that every adult you see has been through puberty. So <laughs> this Why isn't you know? a secret. Right. <laughs> this isn't a surprise. This is, hey, whether you want it to or not, you are going to go through puberty. And there's no reason for you not to learn about it. Not to mention start those conversations from the time you can start talking. Mm. Right. And learning our body parts. So that's where I think the conversation starts. And you have a little one. Right. And I have a two year old. This has been like a big thing. Right. I've wondered when do I start sharing, naming what body parts are? Because, you know, part of my evolution in the world of women's empowerment, I started with purpose and happiness and was leaving out the body. And then behind the scenes, I would read things like come as you are and like interesting things that I was like curious about my own sensuality and sexuality and like felt like I was a pretty free woman. And I realized this is such a huge piece. 
But we we have like been taught to be so ashamed of these topics or that they are for behind the the blue cupboard or you know whatever and they're not they don't belong here. And I was taking a, a women's class where we were asked what did we learn to call our genitals? Like what was the name given? And some women were told to call it, you know, a front bottom or a pee pee or a wee wee. And so it's or a flower or, or, Uh. you know, someone I know in that room, her family told her to call it a shame shame. Oh, I know. Right. That's sad. Really sad. And so talking to my two year old young. So he already knows all of his body parts and he knows my body parts. Because we take a bath together. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even just recently, he said, Shay has a penis. Mama has a vulva. <laughs> it's like, yes. Oh, and you use the other V word. Of course I do. Amazing. <laughs> right? Because that's a huge piece. Um, and again, this is not to embarrass or shame or make any woman listening to this uh, or man that doesn't know what a vulva is. But many, many women don't know that word. Right. Well, So there's a distinction, right, of course, between a vulva and a vagina. And we need to teach those right words for so many reasons. So you must have already, you know, taken my parenting class about how to talk to your kids, starting when you talk about body parts and the bath time Ooh. is like the perfect opportunity. I was channeling so you. To go, Karen. Thank you, Lisa. You I, was, I was channeling you. Okay. So... <laughs> Since we just went there, you're right. A lot of people only know to call, a lot of women only know vagina. So will you go ahead and share the difference between vagina and vulva for those who don't know? Yes. So I always just think the easiest way to think about it is when you're looking in the mirror, and it's okay to do this, when you're looking in the mirror at your naked body or at your quote unquote genitals, private parts, okay, you are looking at your vulva. You can't really see your vagina. Your vagina is the tunnel that goes from the outside of your body into the tunnel into your body that leads to a one-way place. It leads to your uterus, which is a womb or a home for a baby one day. So you can potentially see the opening to your vagina, but the whole area you see in the mirror with pubic hair and with your labia, that is your vulva. Thank you. I love it. And I started calling, I mean, when I was young, I learned to call her a vagina and it was, which is okay, which is okay. But I learned, and again, this is not to shame anyone because I only learned this a few years ago that vagina really was only the, the tube, if you will. Right. And that the, the root of the word came, comes from a Latin root that has to do with a sheath that the sword goes in. And if we only call her a vagina, then we're basically saying her only role is for a penis. And I like to think of her as having other roles. And so I like to- Absolutely. <laughs> and that leaves out the clitoris and like really imp- like things that are important. But most of us weren't taught to like really get to know our bodies. I actually just had this conversation with my male hairdresser yesterday. And he said, why don't most women know this? And I said, because it's, it's inside and, and we've been taught to be ashamed. Right. So, Lisa, you, so in your pediatric practice, 
right? So you're both talking to the kids about what they're going to go through and you teach parents. Correct. So um, everything with turning teen stemmed from the fact that my turning teen business partner, Dr. Carrie Leff and I, who do not practice together in the same practice on a daily basis, but we overlapped in our training uh, during our residencies and we both have kids around the same age and are connected just from our community. And we met one day and said, you know, We just constantly see the deer in headlights look in the office to no one's fault of, hey, are you in puberty yet? Right. I ask that all the time, starting at age eight in the office. Mm. And the mom looks at the kid and the kid (laughs) looks at the mom and either like, I don't know, or, oh, my goodness, this physician just asked me about puberty. We don't talk about that. Or I just don't even have a clue what we're talking about, or that's only to be talked about in health class and never again. So the conversations I have in the office are with child and parent. For sure, if the, you know, as the teen tween gets older and they want the parent kicked out, super common. Don't be sad one day when that happens to you, Karen. Um, (laughs) Then, of course, I'll talk about anything and everything with my patients. But our turning teen classes... We most commonly do them as a parent-child's class, but don't have to. We've gone to Hmm. private schools where we present to the kids, and then we'll do an on-the-side parent talk also. But I like starting the conversation together because so many parents need the information. Right. They are not physicians. They're not science educators or body experts, nor should they be, Mm -hmm. right? So we started together so everyone's on the same page. It also breaks the ice that, oh, yeah, it's okay to sit next to my mom or dad and talk about these subjects, and this is science, and this isn't embarrassing. And starting these conversations open the door for even more uncomfortable conversations down the road. Hey, I'm having vaginal discharge. Uh, I, what's wrong with me? Do I have an infection? Hey, I'm thinking about having sex. Hey, I have a question about my gender identity or my sexual feelings. Hey, masturbation, is that okay? How do I do it? Maybe I need, you know, a sex toy to help me with that. Um, these conversations aren't easy, but they don't have to be insanely uncomfortable. You and I just did not like disappear into a poof of smoke because <laughs> we are saying these words right. and talking about these topics. And I get it. For you and I, we're okay with it, right? Yeah. We're comfortable. Uh, great. Not everybody is, and I do not expect everyone to be as comfortable <laughs> as I am <laughs> screaming the word vagina in front of a lecture hall. <laughs> However, We need to help, right? And we need to provide the resources and the conversation and open those doors because I'm raising teenagers Mm. right now. And I'm raising two boys. Right. But I love girl talk. (laughs) But you said it right at the beginning that boys, males need to learn about females. Females need to learn about males. And it just can be open discussion. So come to my dinner table one night and you'll learn plenty. Oh, you have no (laughs) idea. I would love that. Next time I'm in Michigan, I am taking you up on that because this is like my favorite topic. Okay. And you're right. We love it. And I just had a picture of 
every woman in that lecture hall screaming vagina. And I would love to see it because we do. Right. Because it really would change the trajectory of self-worth, I think, among girls and women when we can have this conversation. Right. I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who is a sex educator about how she works with teenage boys who truly think that sex is what they see in porn. Yes. Huge problem. Epidemic. Major addiction problem. They don't understand that porn... I mean, I have a whole talk on this I give to parents. um, How porn is, you know, edited, just like you see in the movies. And porn is misogynistic. And porn is violent. And... You know, it's not just males that see porn and think that's what sex and relationships are supposed to be like. There's females that see that as their sex education Mm -hmm. because no one's taught them otherwise and think that's how I'm supposed to be treated. This is supposed to hurt. Right. This isn't supposed to be pleasurable for me. Right. She actually said she there, there was a 15, 16 year old girl who said to her something about, well, I want to be choked during sex. And she was like, well, do you really? Like, let's really, she's like, well, that is what it looks like makes the girl, you know, the woman so happy and feel so much, whatever she said, pleasure, whatever word she used in the movie. And it's like, yeah, well, they're building that up. And there are people who like to be choked and that's cool, but like really figure it out for yourself. So if a woman is listening to this, so as a woman is listening to this and they're like, okay, this sounds really good. I know it's really important, but my child will die and run out of the room. Like they would never allow me to have a conversation like this. Where does that woman start? How do we do this? Right. So, so some people are listening and they have young kids and they're like, awesome. I found this podcast. I'm going to get the book. Celebrate your body too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get the book, but actually don't even start with my book. If you have young ones, right? Mine's not, You know, read, 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 use resources, start those conversations young, building blocks, piece by piece by piece. This is not just a one and done conversation for any age. But then you could have a parent listening saying, "Ooh, shoot, did I miss the boat? It's Mm. too late. It's too late. No, it's never too late. I have teens. I understand the eye rolls. I understand the blah, 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 covering my ears. I'm not going to listen to you. You must be kidding. And I'm going to tell you, at some point, you're probably in the car with your teenager. Mm. And you're both looking forward at the road in front of you. And you don't have to stare into each other's eyes and have these deep, embarrassing conversations. But you can talk, and they'll be stuck listening. Mm. You might think they're not listening, but they can hear you. And you can say, I get it. Maybe because we didn't start these conversations earlier, this is like beyond awkward for you, awkward for me. But you can also, as a parent, practice these conversations in the mirror, role play it with your partner, get a little more comfortable because you're going to set the tone. So if you're insanely awkward, think it's the craziest, most awkward thing in the world, so will they. You know, our kids are smart. Mm, Yeah. But you can talk to them. Admit, and you can tell a story about yourself. We need to show our vulnerability. So maybe you Mm. open the conversation by saying, you know, I'm going to tell you something about me. And when I was your age, I did X, Y, and Z. I'm glad I made that decision. 
I regret that decision. Here's what I would have done differently. Because real stories showing that you're a real person, whether you're telling a story about your period and you had an accident and bled through your white pants, whether you're telling a story about how you you know, were underage drinking and got drunk and had sex with a guy you thought you loved, but really you regret that that was your first time and you wish it had been a, you know, a, a more loving relationship. It doesn't matter, but share and start somewhere. Mm. And yes, they're not going to necessarily even speak back to you, but you can also get a book and put it, you know, on their bed. You don't know when they're going to close the door. The teens love to close their doors, right? <laughs> you don't know when they're going to close the door and read a book, share a blog. I always say t- uh, watching TV or movies is an amazing time, too. Mm. So if you don't want to use your own personal examples, because that's really hard for some people, you can be like, oh, we just you know saw a movie together. I mean, it's not hard to find kissing, relationships, sex in, in movies that teens watch and shows. Oh, what did you think about the decision they made together? What did you think about that date they went on and how she treated him or he treated her? Just just use other examples just to have light conversations, mm. right? Um, you have to start somewhere and see how it goes. And it doesn't have to be, let me stare you in the eyes and make you really uncomfortable. <laughs> I can imagine the difference, right, of staring in the eyes versus staring ahead. So that is so genius. And how hard it is to be vulnerable about your own experience as a teen, but it sounds genius. Like that's like the best advice I've ever heard. It has to. Have you done that with your kids? Did you, have you shared stuff? Yes, yes, I have. So a a funny story, a little lighter, just to lighten it for a minute. Go for it, yeah. The, f- the first time I told uh, one of my kids uh, what sex was, right? They, he was he was 10. I think he was 10. Um, you know, penis and vagina. Why do we have sex? One of the reasons we have sex is for reproduction, to make a baby. And he, <laughs> and he says to me, we're in the car. <laughs> you do have to be careful when you're driving because sometimes what they say is hilarious. And he says, wow, so you had sex with dad twice? Because <laughs> I have two kids. Right. <laughs> so it's, yes. it can be very black and white with how we describe sure. it. Right? So then you're given a choice. You can say yes because... Yes. That's true. Sex twice. At least twice. Yes. That's true. (laughs) That is true. Or you can take that moment to elaborate and say, well, sometimes you also have sex for pleasure. Sometimes you have sex to show you love somebody when you're an adult. And, you know, to to a 10-year-old, that's not needed Mm -hmm. for most, right? So you have to pick your audience. You have to pick the time. But just, you know... It's just amazing what what sometimes they want to know, what they need to know Mm. versus what you're thinking you're going to have to get into and share. Another amazing story is um, this is not my own kid who if they listen to this, you know, of course, my husband and kid may be like, wow, thanks for sharing our whole life story. Um, Another great story is a patient of mine, her seven year olds came to her and said, hey, mom, what's an orgasm? Hmm. Now, that's quite a question for right, seven. a seven-year-old. Where does a seven-year-old hear that? Okay. Yeah. 
Right. So another excellent piece of advice is when your kid asks you a question, especially when you're unprepared, you're washing dishes and like out of the blue, you get these sex questions. You say, oh, that's a great question. What do you know about that? Mm. Or, oh, that's a great question. Why are you asking me? I'm happy to answer, but I'm curious what came up that you're asking. So as the mom's prepping to answer what an orgasm is to her seven-year-old, the girl says, oh, in science class, we were doing something with National Geographic. The girl was talking about organisms. Oh, Scientific, biological, <laughs> under the microscope organisms, not orgasms. <laughs> so, by the mom clarifying what oh. conversation needed to be had, she then was appropriately able to answer the question about organisms. Yes. And not tell a seven year old's about orgasms (laughs) which is fine too right if that was the real question but then she would have like totally not understood what her like it would have been so out of context but you're bringing up something that I am as the mother of a two-year-old starting to go right so how do I know the right age for the right thing that sounds really complex there doesn't have to be yeah there doesn't have to be a perfect age but try to just think age appropriate I'm teaching arm ear nose I'm teaching penis vulva um, I'm going to the zoo and uh, talking about animals mating. Oh, what a cute baby panda bear. Oh, guess what? Like, they're a family just like we are. And sometimes it takes, you know, a mommy panda and a baby panda, male, female, right, to have a baby. Okay, that's enough for the toddlers. Mm-hmm. And you go to the zoo a couple years later. Hey, do you know it takes a certain part from a male and a certain part from a female panda to make a baby panda? They have sex to make that happen. Mm. You know, uh, you can just add on. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all at once, right? right? So you try to just keep it age appropriate. Breastfeeding, pregnancy. So many young kids, right, have either moms that are pregnant, aunts, friends. You're at the mall. You see someone breastfeeding. Hey, do you know, right, for young kids, real young, toddlers, hey, do you know that that woman is growing a baby in her body? Cool. (laughs) Right? Do you know she can feed that baby from her body, from her breasts, from her boob one day? Okay. Great. Great. They get a little older. Do you know that woman can grow a baby in her body inside something called the uterus? Mm. And do you know one day how that baby gets out? Most of the time, that baby can come out of a tunnel. Mm. That tunnel's called a vagina, right? So you add on it, oh, that woman can breastfeed that baby for a long time. She can have milk develop in her breasts and and breastfeed, you know, that kid just like you drink from a cup. The baby, you know, like you can just add on piece by piece as they get older. You know your kid the best. I love this so much. And right now, all I'm thinking is, when is Lisa moving in? (laughs) i'm like okay mentally remember this episode go back rewind this age okay this age right because i've already told shay that he grew up in my belly so he already and he's wanted to see that and he's already seen pictures of him come out the (laughs) c-section i don't know if that's appropriate or not but like you know it is it doesn't matter here's what's interesting is part of you know so we used an egg donor to have him. Mm-hmm. And so our doctor had us meet with a therapist who specializes in this before we could even start the process. And she taught us that from 
now, like early, like birth, to tell the story of his birth to include that we wanted him so badly and we weren't able to have him. And so we borrowed once. There was a nice woman who donated one cell and mixed it with one of daddy's cells. So he hears that story at least once a month in our household. Like we just kind of repeat it. And so it's going to be interesting when we say, you know, a male part and a female part because he's learning, oh, it was this one cell and this one cell and they were in a tube. And so especially now with modern technology, it's going to be really interesting. (laughs) It gets confusing, but it's still one cell from a female Mm -hmm. and one cell from a male come together to create a baby. Yes. So there's nothing... Right. And and there's an amazing book that I wish I could say I wrote, but I didn't. It's old. It's old, but tried and true. And Robbie Harris wrote it. It's called It's So Amazing. It's yellow. It's on Amazon. Okay. You need to buy it. OK. OK. For you and I all will. your friends. OK. And Robbie Harris, if you ever hear me, you owe me a lot of money for the number <laughs> of times I tell people to buy your book. But um, it's called It's So Amazing. And that book and many books today include information about the different kinds of families that Mm. kids grow up with. Two moms, two dads, IVF, right? Single parent. And yeah, so single parent, thank you. Um, So we have to start somewhere when we teach, Mm -hmm. right? So when I teach my puberty classes, I'm teaching female puberty male puberty. Mm. Of course, I am so inclusive as a human being, as a physician, as a mom, accepting of everybody, gender, right? It's all perfect and wonderful and beautiful in my book. However, when the parent says to me, well, are you hosting, you know, a um, transgender puberty class? Are you putting on a, you know, LGBTQ puberty class? I said, I'm happy to. But I have to start somewhere with Mm. scientific, basic anatomy, basic Mm -hmm. processes before I can then teach, you know, the differences and the spectrums. And it gets more confusing. And and that's great. That's fine. But you do have to start somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. you can start with most of the time. (laughs) Um, You know, this is how it happens, right? Right. Like the C-section. Some of the times, most of the time, the baby can come out of the mom's vagina. Sometimes we need doctors to help us get them out the other way. And next time you talk to Shay, you're going to say, not just mommy grew you in my belly, right? But mommy grew you in in my uterus Mm. because I couldn't have grown you in your tummy, Mm. I couldn't have grown you in my stomach because that's where my hamburger and fries go. (laughs) And we don't want that on your head. Right. you have a stomach, Shay, and dad has a stomach, and dad has a belly, and you have a belly, but you can't grow a baby because you're not a super-powered woman. <laughs> <laughs> I am in love with everything that you're saying. Okay, you're so I'm going to shift to my uterus. This is so good. And so when you're, all of this is so good, and I know everybody, and I know we're going to get it, but Real quick, turningteen.com, is that where everybody goes? Because I know people are listening to this, like, where do I take her classes? Okay. And do you teach online or is it only locally in Michigan? Yes. So I have some pre-recorded classes, thanks to COVID. (laughs) We made some pre-recorded classes. You can just sign up, take it on the spot, right then and there, anytime you want. We do a ton of virtual Zoom 
classes for private groups that get it organized, whether it's Girl Scouts, whether it's a parenting group. Mm. I just did something for a bunch of businessmen uh, for their entrepreneurs group, which is amazing. We talked about how to talk to my kid about puberty, sex and porn. Um, Yes. And yeah, you know, and then some groups choose to fly us out and do in-person classes. Love, 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 love. So let's talk about your book a little bit. So going through the book, there is, it's like every topic from how to use tampons to your period, obviously, you're changing, you know, that puberty, I know you wrote in there, like the first thing you're going to notice is your body odor, you know, because it's, you know, you're going to start smelling a little bit and like that breasts are going to start off as two little hard rocks. I mean, I thought this was so genius, even to like the pressures of social media. Huge, huge Huge. issue for this generation that we did not have growing up. Right, right. We did. We had we had media, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. We saw magazine ads, right, of women having to be sexy to sell TV, right? Uh, How how actresses, you know, even if. Also, I'm not trying to exclude the males. I mean, I'm raising two boys who see Abercrombie Fitch ads and muscles everywhere and athletes, you know, advertising underwear and things like that. But um, so we had it just not in our face 24-7 like the kids glued to their phones. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have all the filters. Mm. And we didn't have all the, you know. Right. You had a pimple. You had a pimple. (laughs) You had a pimple. And it was going to be in that picture. That you developed a week or a month later. Right. Not, I took a picture. I don't like how I look. I'm just going to. I'm just going to delete that and take it 20 more times. Right. Right. We didn't have any of mm. that. And we also then didn't have that seeing each other as, well, Lisa has this and Lisa has that and Lisa's doing this perfect and Lisa's doing. I mean, it was like whatever we saw when we were together, but it wasn't this constant barrage. So how right. do we and at what age do we start? really talking with kids about social media and about the impact and about how to navigate it. Yeah. So our kids are constantly exposed, right? iPads, TV. I mean, listen, you can be the most amazing parent in the world, but I have yet to see anyone in my office or friend group that has zero technology, in their lives. Right. It's just it's just part of our lives, yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah. So we just have to learn how to navigate that. Right. So and at real young quick, ages. I'm, real quick, I'm so glad you said that because I hear a lot of people say, we just need to get rid of it or, and it's not going anywhere. So it, we're that's not helpful to say we just need to get rid of it or it's just ruining these kids instead it has to be. It's here and there's a lot that's good about it. And so like you can be in touch with people from high school that you wouldn't have seen otherwise 30 years later. So and and then end up having them on your podcast. So social media can be wonderful. Right. Led us to this moment right here. And how do we navigate it? How do we make it safer and healthier? Right. So I definitely don't think, you know, a fifth grader needs Snapchat and Instagram. Um, that, that's your choice, right? Um, that that can be a whole hour long discussion about your kid and what age maybe they can handle the responsibility of technology and not just 
I'm using it to take pictures. Maybe you start with, this is a device meant for communication, right? I'm always telling my kids, yeah, there's all these cool things on your phone, but like your phone's meant for communicating. So when I text you and ask you what time you're going to be home, like you better write me back because our phone's for communicating. If your grandma texts you or FaceTime you, you answer that call (laughs) because that's communicating. Mm, So you can start small. Like you can, you can use a device to text family members. Let's see how responsible you are for that. Then we can use a device and we can open it up to close friends or your aunt who's really your mom's friend, right? Um, And start there. And then you can start with, okay, these are the kids I know. I know their parents. I know if there's an issue, I'll be able to reach out to this parent. These are the people that can be in your contacts that I'm comfortable with. Every device a kid gets... Is, is yours. You bought it. Mm-hmm. It's your property. Mm-hmm. It's your device. Say it, okay? sister. Yes. So when they're old enough to understand a contract, right? Let's say you give a middle schooler a device. Absolutely create some kind of contract. You can Google iPhone contract, you know, device contract with your middle schooler. There's a million versions. We have a turning teen version. Wow. I've you never know, heard of this. It's a, it's a great... Yeah, it's a great thing to kind of use. Now, I mean, these are kids. They're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. But basic rules, right, about respectful use of it, things about very clear, do not take naked pictures of your body or other people's bodies. I mean, these are rules for safety. Mm-hmm. We don't talk to strangers. We don't contact strangers. We don't answer phone calls from numbers we don't know. And there's so many settings on phones now that can help you. You can't foolproof it. You can block porn sites, but kids know how to get around it. Hmm. By age 10 is the average age a kid stumbles across porn. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. 10. 10. That's an eight. That's an eight years for you, Karen. I know. Um, <laughs> um, 33% of all web traffic are porn sites. Whoa. And that's a whole nother discussion, right? It's not that all porn is bad and all porn is evil. There is such thing as ethical porn. Yeah. Maybe you've heard about that. But, okay, so talking about social media, um, and then of just constantly reminding them that what we see on social media is not real, not all of life. People don't typically post themselves crying, having a temper tantrum, getting in a fight with their mom, slamming their doors. Getting I'm bad so grades. Yes. Right? Getting right. bad grades. Um, how mortified pimples. I am. My mom just had a puberty talk with right. me. Right? They, don't, they don't put that all, usually on their feed. Right. Um, and they're all filtered and edited. So, you know, these are just, it's all teaching points and teaching them how to be critical consumers of media. Mm. That's kind of... The, the piece that you have to keep in mind. And then other conversations, like, again, showing them your feed, right? And, hey, look what I posted today, but I kind of left out the fact that I had a complete meltdown. <laughs> and you saw me crying, and I had to call my best friend to put me back together. Right. <laughs> but I posted this happy picture right. of us having a barbecue. <laughs> These um, were the three pictures it, from vacation I chose instead of the other hundred right. that I chose. Yeah, you know, and it's so interesting. I actually try to show even the crying and all of it on social media because it's, I think it's, we're setting kids up. I feel like as a coach, I'm setting up so many women to think like that happiness, success in life only looks like ha- being perfect and like we have to cut that down, but that's like a different, you know, story. But this is so 
important, you know, because I'm I am thinking, when is Shay going to ask for a phone? <laughs> Already at two, right? We've kept him from media until now. He just started watching Daniel Tiger and and Mickey Mouse. He gets like one episode every other day or so, maybe. Um, but you can I can see it's going to be like so slippery, right? And there's no judgment for those who I know we're going to be we're going to be going to the iPad and the phone. It's going to be helpful, so there's no judgment. But I, it's like I can see it coming, you know. And yeah, you, it's, and, and, it's right. just reality. It's just reality. And, and, and if it's not at your house, when your kid starts going to other kids' houses, so that's right. the other thing. Right. Right? So maybe you're the kid who waited till 8th. There's a whole movement, wait till 8th, wait till 8th grade to give your kid a phone. Mm. I don't know how that will evolve over time. Mm. Right? But if they go on play dates or they start calling them hangouts, uh, you know, they they have access to things at other houses that may not have rules that technology has to be used in an open public spot in the house, not allowed in your bedroom. Mm. I think that's a great rule, mm. right? Not for your two-year-old, I'm talking, but just in general. Right, right. Um, I need to know all your passwords. The second I find myself locked out, you must be hiding something. Mm. And it's not that we don't want, and again, it's a slippery slope. It gets much trickier with these teenagers, right? They, a true I do want them to have some privacy. Like, of course, you know, I, I had a lot that I kept private from my parents when I was in high school, you know, and one of which is yeah. that I, I had a girlfriend, not a boyfriend and nobody knew. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Like no one knew. And because then it just wasn't as, open as it is now and I had my own like I was embarrassed I was afraid like everything and so it is okay to have privacy but I can see the slippery slope there right and you you need to respect your kid we expect our kids to respect us so we need to we need to give that to them they're not all horrible humans these teenagers right (laughs) they're awesome kids that will hopefully change our world yes um I do like to give other one other piece of advice for those that have multiple children is that not every rule you create for one kid or the age you do something for one kid has to be the same rule for the other. Mm. Our kids are all different. They may be raised in the same house with the same, you know, parent situation, but they're different people and they can handle different responsibilities at different times. And that's a tough thing as a parent. This is not puberty related. This is not anything related. It's just a piece of free parenting advice I'm giving you. Say it. Thank Um, you. I can imagine how hard that is. I mean, I right. Because then one kid's like, that's not fair. I was, you know, 12 until I I got my phone when I was in sixth grade and I got allowed to, you know, have a curfew of this at whatever, you know, age or but. Um, we learn as parents as we raise our children. Yeah. We're changing with the times, which are changing faster than any of our brains can handle. And we have to treat each of us, you know, with, with the respect and the individuality that we're, we're each do. Mm. So love- that's another tricky piece with apps and social media and phones and and things that we have to talk about with our kids just like a younger kid may learn about puberty from their like you did from your older sister their older sibling and and maybe you're talking about sex and drinking and and all these things in your house in front of the younger kids so you're gonna have that sex talk way earlier because you need to clarify everything 
way before you thought you would need to, like you did with your older one. Right, right. You know, I didn't know we were touching on this topic, but since it has come up a couple of times, can we talk about porn for a minute? And the yeah. reason I want to talk about it is I am so passionate, as you know, about people loving their bodies, you know, and in particular, obviously I have a bent on women loving their bodies and how much media and the patriarchy and institutions and systems have made us hate ourselves in a million ways, right? Which is just keeping us not going for the jobs that we want, making less money than men, like all of it. And I mean, I think the thing that would change this world is women having self-worth. And what I'm seeing about porn, again, it's not all bad, but it is making girls now want to change their labia. Which, by the way, if anyone's not familiar with that term, it's the lips of your vagina because they think that there's something wrong with it or making girls shave off all their pubic hair when they don't want to. They just think that they're supposed to. And this feels like a big issue, right? Or leading to girls it's, thinking that they should be yeah. choked. Like, how, how do we teach this to our teens, to boys and to girls of what to do with porn? Yeah. So, well, first of all, some of it just goes back to body literacy. And I always go back to the basics, Karen. You keep hearing me say that. So understanding female anatomy, understanding anatomy in general, male, female anatomy, and what the norm is and what the basics are, right? And think about males watching porn. They think their penises are supposed to be, you know, giant. Like, right. you know, they don't understand that sometimes that's all augmented and changed and prepped and et cetera. Right. But years ago in pediatrics, we started seeing a huge epidemic of girls and boys, males and females, shaving all their pubic hair off. Mm. And that absolutely came from the porn industry. Mm -hmm. And besides the fact we see medical issues with that, right, abscesses and pimples and mm. infections, right? And hmm. these are young kids who are embarrassed, who, of course, you know, the 11 and 13-year-olds don't tell their parents, I'm shaving my pubic hair and, oh, I got cut and now I have an infection of my vulva mm. <laughs> you know you see it and you're like whoa how this gets so out of hand well because they didn't tell anybody about it from the get-go mm. but no one also taught them that like pubic hair is okay pubic hair keeps us clean mm -hmm. acts as a broom you know all the uh, you know you can trim it it doesn't have to stick out of your bathing suit but if that's what you want, right. but you don't have to get rid of it all because we don't need to look like porn stars. Mm -hmm. And that conversation at the beginning, you got to get to it before the porn piece, right? right. Or, oh, you've Which watched means porn. before 10. I see that you, yes, right? So age eight is great. Eight is great. Eight great is great. for a book. Okay. No Maybe one that's take your that next one. Because I'll probably write another book. Right. Okay. So eight is great. Start teaching about bodies. At age eight, if you haven't yet, um, and teaching the norm, but like we talk about that, we talk about shaving in our in our classes and what to shave, what not to shave, how to trim. I mean, mm. these are things you have to teach. Right, your kids. you teach a boy to shave their face, right? Why can you not talk about grooming everywhere else? Say it, sister. Okay, which gets me to how we even started having this conversation, which is, I saw your post on Facebook that your incredible, wonderful book was banned in Florida. Yes, and we think about moving Florida. parts of Florida. So we think about moving to Florida, and the reason that we won't is because of these kinds of bans. 
Right. That now there are they're banning books and what we can't talk about being gay in school, like all this kind of thing is a real issue. So how did you even find out your book was banned in parts? So somebody sent me a picture screenshot from Twitter from this gentleman, Daniel Ulfelder. I'm probably not saying his name right. My apologies. Who is a candidate for Florida attorney general. And he um, posted a book, a list of 50 books that were being banned in his county, Walton County, and parts of Florida. Mm. So someone's like, hey, congrats. (laughs) You know, your book is banned. How cool. Mm. You know, cool, not cool. Right, exactly. Right? The worst thing to do for when you, like, it's the opposite effect when you ban a book, right? Because everyone's going to talk about it. People will seek it out. Like, oh, I got back up to like number one seller. You know? Yeah, fabulous. <laughs> okay, no such um, thing as bad publicity. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm banned. Let's go with this here. Like, why? You know. And then you can search. Why was your book banned? You know, these are like random people that decide to go through libraries and see what's in there and scan your book for, do you mention the word sex? Do you talk about being gay? Do you talk about gender identity? Which is not the total purpose of my book. It's a teeny tiny, there's like three pages you're talking about out of 180 pages that mention these topics. And so we got banned. So we rode with that. Right. And you're going to ban us? Yes. Yeah. So we wrote an op ed. And again, something not on my bucket list, but woo, I am now a published op ed in the Washington Post with a huge readership and proud, so proud to, to share my message, explain the process. It reached more and more parents and people and anyone that wants to listen about how we can talk about your bodies and body positivity and body literacy and give our kids information because guess what? They can seek it out at the right on their phones. Yes. And there's nothing we can do about that. So you might as well be the one to, which we haven't talked about yet, not just share information, but you are the ones that can share your family values. Hmm. No one else can teach your family values. So that's um, hmm. why books of all different kinds are available. Mm-hmm. And our book got banned. And thanks to this gentleman for his Twitter feed, I found out and, and went with it. Wow. Okay. That is so badass. Because other people I'm might like, badass. you are so badass, Lisa. <laughs> because other people might be like, go and cry a river. And you're like, all right, I'll show you. You want to ban my book? Let me go make it more accessible to millions of more people. And mm-hmm. so you write this op-ed for the Washington Post. Like, did you think it would be published? Did you know how to write an op-ed? I... So, you know, there's so many things you can just learn in life, right? I just think it's fascinating how many things I've learned to do over time, whether it's how to start a business, how to create a website, how to do all these social media posts, how to get on a podcast, how to how to write a book, right? right? That was such a fascinating learning process, how to work with an illustrator, and then how to write an op-ed. 
You can Google that too. Dr. Google has everything. (laughs) Yes. So we Googled it. And then, you know, there's all sorts of requirements, X number of words, this, that, and the other. Did I think it really, like, let's be honest. Did I think the Washington Post cared about little old me? (laughs) Not really. But dang, they enjoyed that. Oh, picture. Special illustration by our awesome illustrator, Kate Brennan. Um, uh, Such awesome mentoring from the editors. I mean, yes, these are our words, but of course they made us sound even a little better. Mm. Um, (laughs) So they contacted you and they were like, we want to run this. Yeah. And it happens fast. Were you like floored? So fast. Because... Because, right, you become yesterday's news real quick. Yeah, yeah. And so um, what happened after that? So that, did, did you start receiving so many phone calls, emails? Like, what has happened? We got, we got a lot of emails. I did not get as much local press as I thought I would. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm honest, I'll tell you. I, I thought I would be like a great local news story. For, for sure. You know, the six o'clock news. But this is just because I'm posted in the uh, uh, published in the Washington Post, and just because I write a book, I am still controversial. Oh yeah, right. Not everyone feels the way you and I feel, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the gut feeling we were getting from the news outlets is that what if our readership, our viewership, isn't so into this side of the story? Mm. Maybe they're like, oh, I don't know if we can talk about, you know, vaginas and bodies and things on the 6 o'clock news. Thanks, but no thanks. Congrats, but we'll pass. Wow. So we have a lot of work to do. We have so much work to do, Lisa, because I truly believe, have you ever heard of Regina Thomas-Shower? No. Mama Gina. Okay. I need, this I need is, to talk to this, Mama Gina. <laughs> you need to talk to Mama Gina. She is the adult that is teaching all this to women. So okay. her book is called Pussy, A Reclamation. Like you recommend I the yellow book. I can't believe I haven't read it because I don't you understand this. bookshelf. Okay. You're, I mean, I've read the vagina Bible. I haven't read Pussy. Re, okay. Go read Pussy, A Reclamation. She's one of my mentors. You're... you're you're going to love it. And um, what I have seen in her classroom, which has had 500 women, 900 women, is absolute transformation from a woman getting to know her own pussy, her own body, her own pleasure, confidence and power. And self, like the self-confidence and self-worth. And I feel like that is what's going to change this world. I mean, so seeing you take what could have been a what's the word like a down you know, a downfall is not really the right word but like yeah they're banning yeah, me something negative, something negative yeah. and you turned it into like no this is going to be my entry to go and like tell the world I mean I want you on the today show I hope that you're I don't know if they contacted you they should you need to be on every podcast you need to be teaching this everywhere like you're so, so incredible. Yay, you and Carrie. This is Thank like you. so good. Okay. So Lisa, something I do with all my guests is something called a purpose power play round. And it's when I ask okay. random questions and like whatever comes to your mind is good. You down? I'm down. Okay, great. So when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a teacher. Hmm. 
And I believe I am. I'm a doctor, but I believe I'm a teacher as well. And I think the beauty of my medical degree is it's allowed me to do so many different things. Yes. Right? I teach every day in the office. I now teach classes. I'm an educator in the sense that I wrote a book. I, you know, give lectures. So, but yes, I used to line up all my stuffed animals, had all of our old books. My sister and I would make class lists on the chalkboard because we had chalkboards in our basement. And my mom says for hours and hours and hours, I'd take fake attendance and I wanted to be a teacher. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. What changed? I don't, um, again, I don't think much changed. When I go back and read my essays that I wrote slash typed on a typewriter for medical school applications, it talks about how, you know, I come from a family of a lot of physicians and really loved the idea of working with children. Mm. And it talks about how I felt like I could incorporate with my medical degree all these different then you know aspects that I wanted to pursue. Right. I mean, I, with helping heal yes. people, helping teach people, working with children, and I really, I mean, I'm so fortunate. Not many people can say that they've accomplished that that goal, that life goal. Yes. And I have so many more things to accomplish, but but I think I chose a great career. Ugh. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, I'm just picturing that because you absolutely are a teacher in a million ways. I'm just picturing that moment you could have gone to teaching school or gone to medical school and like you get to do both. You get to do it all now in this beautifully. And one of the ways I always talk about purpose is, you know, our brains are limited around what we think we can do when we grow up. Like it's either a doctor or a teacher. And it's like, no, your genius is in pulling together all the pieces of you and all the things that you love into your own expression in the world. Okay, so good. Okay, so of that crazy bookshelf that you have, you said it has all the titles. What's like the one that we need to read that we haven't heard of? Um, I love, oh, there's so many. Okay, okay you can give so me more than pa- one. Parenting books. Okay, parenting books. Uh, shout out to Lisa Demore. Yeah, she is a psychologist. You know, okay, she but not everybody does. Read everything and anything. No, read everything and anything. This genius writes and speaks and podcasts and New York Times and the book she writes untangle. This is especially for um, parents of teens. Okay, that's like her niche. Her niche is females, female adolescents. But again, I'm raising two boys. 90% of what she talks about relates to all parents. So oh, awesome. for sure, read that. Uh, I told you about It's So Amazing by Robbie mm-hmm. Harris. Mm-hmm. Okay. You start that book young and you can still read it with your teenagers. Okay. It's all about reproduction and sex and it is really old school pictures from the 70s and that's okay. Uh, um, sex is a funny word. Mm. That's a good one. Um it's interesting. It, it relates to the gender, um, gender identity conversation. Cool. Talks about how the word sex, right, can mean male, female, can mean intercourse, mm-hmm. can mean a lot of different things. Um, 14 conversations to have by the time your kid is 14. Something mm. like that is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Great book. I mean, so good. Oh my gosh, so turning, many. Turning teen Facebook, Instagram. We love to yes. post our favorite resources. So if we're reading something, we'll share it. 
I love it. I love it. And obviously, everybody needs to go get your book, which is Celebrate Your Body Too. Oh, and my book. A Body but, Positivity. You know, that's a given. Yeah, that's a given. That's a given. <laughs> and we have the link to it in the show notes and, and all of that. And just want to make sure everybody does know. Okay, so you said that there's so much left to accomplish. Like, what's one juicy dream we can support you in for the future? Oh, yes. I need to reach more people. I want to reach more people. So Carrie and I are this teeny tiny turny teen business. Like we have real day jobs, right? Like we are physicians. We have medical practices. My priority is to my patients and my practice. And this was a little passion project that started in our friends' family rooms, giving little puberty lectures (laughs) with a magnetic board and home arts and crafts we created of little uteruses (laughs) that we now have a legit business, but we don't have a business coach. We don't have the reach we need to really grow this. And like you said... Be on the Today Show. Hey, Oprah, check out what I have. Hey, Ellen DeGeneres, look how friendly we are to all communities and everybody. And you need to scream me from the rooftops because I am here to help you do the hardest job. And that's parenting. Ah! And that's parenting tweens and teens. Yes. So they need me. They do. (laughs) They need me. Ellen, (laughs) oh, do you hear us right now? Yes. Katie Couric. Katie Couric, Glennon Doyle needs you. You need to be with her and Abby. Like I am so, so here for this. So everybody listening, if you have loved everything that Lisa's been saying, and I know you have, I've been hanging on to every word, then think about your own community. Is there a school that needs to bring her in? Is apparently groups of corporate executives that need to be bringing her and her partner in, sharing her website. Who do you know at the Today Show? I mean, because it is so true. I am convinced, convinced, convinced that when our tweens, our teens, like know their own bodies, feel comfortable in their own skin, have their clear boundaries of their yes, their no, they, they... are confident in their sexuality and all of it, we're going to have a better world. Like, I just, I know it, I know it, I know it, because then we're going to have confident adults. There's data. Yeah. There's data. It shows they will respect their bodies. They will make more respectful decisions with their lives if they understand their bodies. Say it, sister. And that's our goal. Okay, I love you, 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 I love you. This is everything. This is just the first conversation. If you all want me to have her and have her and her partner Carrie back, let me know and we can talk about so much more. Lisa, I can't believe from when we were whatever age to now, so good. I know. I know and look, we like so great. So like common in our passion. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So everybody I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love you. So everybody needs to go check out Turning Teen. Um Celebrate Your Body too. the ultimate puberty book, Turning Teen, on Facebook, Instagram, and website. Yes, Lisa? Yep, website, turningteen.com. Turningteen.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sister. So appreciate you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And to all of you out there who are listening, we hope you love this episode as much as we love doing it. If you did, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave your five-star review. That is how... So many of my guests come to me. That is how we, that is how women in Japan, in Mexico, all over the world are finding the Purpose Girl podcast and changing their lives. Of course, share this episode with every mother, grandmother, 
teen, tween, everyone you know, everyone you know at the Today Show, that's how we change the world one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.